Welcome to the Nomad Reporter Podcast. Thanks for listening. If this is your first episode, my name is Derek Wiley. I'm a former sports reporter in Oregon and Georgia. I am now traveling the country with my wife and dog in an Airstream trailer. We are currently in Nevada. One of the nice things about this lifestyle is is we are visiting and seeing places that we would have never seen before. No offense to Overton, Nevada, population 1,700, but you were not on my list of vacation destinations. You just weren't. But Overton is located about 15 miles from Valley of Fire State Park, which is just another beautiful spot we've been fortunate to check out. My guest today was the 2016-17 Gatorade Oregon Boys Basketball Player of the Year. He led Wilsonville to back-to-back state championships in 2016 and 17. He then went on to Oregon State, where he just helped the Beavers win the Pac-12 tournament for the first time in the program's history. The Beavers then defeated Tennessee, Oklahoma State, and Loyola Chicago to advance to the Elite Eight, where their magical run ended in a loss to Houston. To talk about all of that and more, here is Zach Reichel. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Did you see that uh, Sean Miller just got fired? I literally just saw that on my phone. That's crazy. Yeah. Literally, I just saw it like right before I logged on. Yeah, I, didn't, I was not expected at all. Yeah, it seems kind of late. I guess they just wanted to let the tournament and everything else finish. Yeah, yeah. So but I know he was under a lot of heat. Yeah, for four years. It's been a while, but they were, I guess they were winning then. I guess when Aiton was there was when all that was going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But did you watch the uh, title game on Monday? Uh, uh, yeah, I watched the title game on Monday. I, that was, uh, that was crazy. I didn't, I didn't really expect that, but Baylor, yeah, they have some dogs on their team for sure. Yeah, I think everyone, I think if ba- I know Baylor had the COVID stuff that kind of derailed them. Mm-hmm. Um, could have easily been two undefeated teams. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Baylor, yeah, they were. And another thing, they were they just shot the heck out of the ball. They couldn't, they couldn't miss. So they definitely had a game of their life that game. Which everyone kept saying you had to do that to beat Gonzaga. So <laughs> yeah, so it happened one time this year. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think Baylor's legit. I think it was just too, it was a fun game. I mean, it could have been a lot more fun, I guess, if both teams played their best. But yeah, it was- yeah, and Gonzaga had they had some turnovers early in the game too that kind of hurt them down the stretch. I thought they were going to come back honestly. Yeah, uh, they got within. I think they cut it to at least 10, maybe even more. Yeah, they cut to like nine in the second half. They just couldn't string together some stops because Bay- like the zone was working, but Baylor, Baylor hit some tough, tough shots too. So Yeah, they seem to make everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it would have been a lot more fun if if they did, if Gonzaga didn't dig such a hole at the beginning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, cool. Um, So obviously Oregon State had a, a historic run, a historic season, and you were a big part of that. Um, I know the big story, at least in the tur- once the tournament got here and you guys won a couple of games, was that you were picked to finish 12th, um, mm-hmm. 12 teams, obviously, in the in the Pac-12. Was that something from the get-go that was on the team's radar before the season even started or something you guys thought about, like, later in the season? or? Yeah, I, it was definitely on our radar at the beginning of the season. Um, to be honest, we didn't really uh... – like, I mean, we used that as motivation at the beginning a little bit, but we never really thought anything of it. And then when we kind of started getting things going in the end, I think we started really using that as motivation because, like, we were kind of in the spotlight more and people kept saying, 
you know, they were picked 12th, they were picked 12th. So I'd say more so, like, it was definitely on our minds before the season, and we knew we were going to finish 12th. But uh, I'd say towards the end of the season is when we really started, like, you know, using that as motivation and wanting to prove people wrong. Yeah. Did it go from motivation to being kind of annoying eventually? Or? Uh, not really. I mean, it was – it was it was good in the time that kind of we used it as motivation. It wasn't really like overdone, uh, so to say. Like I said, we didn't really use it all year. So I'd say like in the time and space we used it, um, it, it didn't really like get annoying, not at all. I'd probably if we used it the whole season, probably probably would have. But since we did it towards the end, I don't, I don't think it was that, that annoying at all. Yeah, it kind of it came into picture clear a clearer picture, I guess, once the NCAA tournament got here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Tinkle had the shirt, I guess, with the Sweet 16, I think 12 to 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was a custom shirt. We had, none of us have those but him. So Okay. <laughs> he, that, he got that made for himself. I wish we had those, but, yeah, that was all for him. So, yeah, how does a team go from being picked 12th in their conference to uh, reaching the Elite Eight? How does, yeah, how does think, that happen? Um, well, for, I think, first of all, I think we were picked 12th just because, you know, what we lost, like, what we lost, it was, you know, very known, like Kyler and, you know, Trace, obviously two very well-known players. So I think a lot of people thought because they were not on the team, you know, we wouldn't be able to like replace that. And I think the guys we got, you know, we brought in, no one, no one knew, you know, who they were and no one knew what they were capable of. So obviously we had our ups and downs throughout the whole season. Um, but, you know, towards the end is when we really just kind of all banded together, especially like the last couple of weeks when we, you know, I think we won like three out of four games on the, we have our last four games and then like we went on a three game win streak on the road. We all just kind of came together and said, you know, it's just like, who cares? It doesn't matter who gets the credit. You know, we, and you know, we want team success. So let's just go out there and win. So I think, you know, coming from, you know, the guys and the players on the court, we all just kind of just put all your, you know, self tasks behind you and just did everything for the team. So I think, I think a lot of teams are capable of that. And when you have a group of guys who are super talented, and who are willing just, you know, just sacrifice for team. You know, I think that was the biggest thing for us. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like, like obviously you had the big overtime win over UCLA at the mm-hmm. Pac-12 tournament, but did something? it sounds like something clicked even before then? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I, was, I definitely started, I um, can't remember, I think it was our Bay Area road trip. It was our first road sweep in a while, I'm pretty sure. And it really started then. I know we our last regular season game, we lost to Oregon at home, and, and they I mean, they were kind of like Baylor in the championship game. They hit, they set a school record for threes in that game and hit some super, super tough shots. So, yeah. And I mean, that we, we it's not like we didn't play terrible that game. Um, we actually played pretty, you know, decent, but you know, they just, they just couldn't miss, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely started earlier. And even after that Oregon loss, we were still confident, you know, going into the tournament. So. Did you see the, the run UCLA made? Did you see that coming? Oh yeah. Uh, um, I knew I personally, I I don't want to say I was surprised. It, it was surprising, but at the same time, I don't want to say I was surprised because, like, when you look at that team, that team is insanely talented in the guys they got, and they're very very well coached, and you know the way they you know they're a really tough tough team to beat. And for us to you know face them in the first round, that was really tough. So, um, I kind of I feel like they kind of um, kind of did the same thing we did, except in the postseason. Like we kind of started getting momentum at the end of the regular season. And I'm pretty sure they lost like their last, uh, reg- you know, regular last three or four regular season games. So they lost actually like five in a row before, mm-hmm. um, before the run they made in the tournament. And that's kind of how we were towards the end of the regular season. Like we lost, I think a certain amount of games, like three or four games in a row or something like that. 
and we put you know that big run together so um it was it was it was super cool to see them make a run to the final four just being a pac 12 team you know being a team that we've you know we play all the time and everything so it was really cool to see them represent for us yeah and i guess a lot of people were disrespect i mean a lot of people expected the big 10 to do really well in the tournament in the pac 12 not to do so well was there a chip on your shoulder also just being a pac 12 squad yeah i i for sure like i think all pac 12 teams had it like i think every pac 12 team was rooting for every pac 12 team and i don't think people realized you know, how talented that conference really is and i felt like you know it's pretty disrespected nationally um, a lot of people were surprised by the success of the pac 12 teams because like oh wow like you know these pac 12 teams are doing good against these you know big east teams and big 10 or what you know acc teams whatever and you know we're just like well like these are the teams we face all the time. Like the Pac-12 was, you know, I thought it was pretty loaded um, this year. So you know, having to play the UCLA's, the Oregon's, the Colorado's, and you know, USC's. Um, I don't want to leave anyone leave anyone out. Even the teams, you know, who were you know, ninth, ten, you know, ninth, tenth, twelfth, or eleventh, you know, eighth in the league. Like those teams were good. Like we've had you know close games with all those teams. So the Pac-12 all around is just a super, super talented conference, and I think it's yeah. You know, disrespect you know disrespected nationally and i think i think another reason why it's disrespected is because we may not be the most like physically this uh, you know intimidating conference i think uh you know back east they got a lot of you know bigger guys but pac-12 has we got skill for sure and it's, yeah it's just overall i just think it's a great conference yeah and the games are just on late so people don't see you guys as much yeah exactly exactly that's another thing but which is just always happen yeah and then obviously, like everything in life, the, the tournament was different this year with the bubble, mm-hmm. um, which became, I guess, a big term during the NBA playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the bubble like for you guys? It was weird. Not not going to lie. We kind of had our own bubble in Vegas. So um, it was, I don't want to say, it was strict, but it was a lot, obviously, more like compared to the NCAA tournament. It was relaxed. Um, okay. The Vegas was uh, the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was just weird, like, can't leave your you know your hotel room you guys each team has like their own floor you just you're basically quarantined when you're not on the court and you have certain times you're able to go with the team to the court and that's it so you know usually when you're you know in a normal year regular season you're able to get outside and kind of walk a little bit and just on your time off maybe go take an hour walk outside around you know the strip or something but uh yeah we weren't able to do any of that and it was kind of tough for us because we went straight from vegas to the ncaa to or pac-12 tournament to the ncaa tournament so okay. we were on the road we were on the road for over three weeks so we were being we were in a bubble for you know the longest time so that was that was kind of hard i guess mentally sometimes just because you're just like locked in your hotel room doing nothing you know laying around all day um but you know it was all part of the experience it's the you know time and age we're in so i was just blessed to be able to be a part um, of those two, you know, historic runs for us. Yeah. What are you doing in between games? Cause I guess you played, you do like a Friday, Saturday game and then you didn't play for almost a week. Right. Uh, are you saying, Oh, from PAC 12, the NCAA tournament? No, just during the NCAA tournament, there's a good bit of time off. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, after our, you know, the second game of the weekend or whatever. Sure. You um, play, after, two, I guess you play two and then you have a good bit of time. Yeah. Off. Two and then time off. And yeah, you just, sat around just sat around honestly and they gave us an hour we call it yard time um in in the bubble where you were able to go outside like an hour a day and kind of you know walk around on the baseball field and play some games but yeah it was uh yeah you're just kind of laying around there's not there's not really much to do i guess just watch movies and you know be be on your phone i guess that's that's really it to be honest so not much to it 
yeah, I guess you'd catch up with family because family and friends weren't you didn't mm-hmm. see any of them or no, I mean that my my parents were able to go. Um, okay. they, came the, they came for the Sweet 16 games. Um, and that was cool because my brother um, is on Oregon. So they were able to see both of us in the Sweet 16. So, yeah, I mean, we saw them. I saw them one time, like through a fence um, to say hi. But, yeah, we couldn't see anyone. It was pretty locked. It was it was very, very locked down, locked down there. Yeah. And I guess uh, fans and spectators wise, were there there were no fans during like regular Pac-12 play. Is that correct? Yeah, there. Um, we had fans at Arizona State, but okay, it was up to the school. Yeah, oh yeah, and I think up to the school or in the the county guidelines, depending on what okay uh, county you're in. So each county was different. So we only had fans at uh, Arizona State uh, each year in Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona. I want to say. And then there were more allowed, I guess, for the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas, and then in Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, when we had fans during the regular season, like it was like. I, you couldn't tell the difference, but when we had fans at Pac-12 tournament and, and say, like you could tell there was actually fans there. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it wasn't like it would normally be, but when you're used to not having anybody there, it was. Yeah. 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 It was, it was definitely weird not having fans and not having fans there. And that definitely like, I think made a big difference on games, especially like for us at home and not having you know people in Gill this year, there was definitely like, you know, like runs are different. I think there was like a, like, study down or something to put the numbers together where um like the average points scored per game for like the home team home team was like like eight or ten points lower than it usually would be with fans or something like that i can't remember exactly what it was but yeah not not having fans was definitely weird this year goodness and then yeah looking at your your ncaa tournament run um you guys went up against some pretty big uh Mm -hmm. nba prospects Mm -hmm. um the guy from Tennessee, whose name I just – oh, Keon Johnson. Yeah, yep. And then, obviously, uh, Cade Cunningham yeah. at Oklahoma State, who's probably going to be, if not the number one pick, top mm-hmm. top three. Um, yeah, what was it like uh, going against those guys? I mean, is it pretty obvious when you get out there that these guys are just made different? Or um, To be honest, like when you're out there and you're competing against these guys, like I feel like you won't be able to keep, compete against them if you put them on this pedestal and all that. So, honestly – um, even though you know they're you know a different type of you know player and they're you know a different breed in a way, you just gotta um, just prepare the same and not psych yourself out and just go out there and compete. Because I know, you know, we know and I know we can go and compete out there. Um, you know, I know we can can compete against them individually. So um, obviously they're you know they're all very talented, but uh, we've played against guys like that before, like DeAndre Ayton and you know guys like you know Michael Porter. I've played against before, just guys like that before. Um, you know, we, you know, and you're used to it in the Pac-12 too. Like, you know, we have those types of players in the Pac-12. So, yeah, I mean, going against big names like that, obviously like Kate Cunningham, yeah, that's cool. But uh, I, you know, I didn't psych myself out or anything. You know, it was a cool opportunity to play against them, compete against them. But it's not like you put them on this pedestal and look at them like, you know, like they're God or something like that. You know, you got you to gotta just look at them like as another player, um, just go out there and compete. Even though, you know, they may not just be another player and you know how talented they are. That's just kind of how at least I approached it just – so I can go out there and compete. Yeah, because I guess if Cade's not going to go number one, another guy, Evan Mobley, could easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Evan's a very, very, very talented player. So. Oh, yeah. And then the next round you get uh, Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean and, mm-hmm. that, and that story. And I'm sure they had a lot of people, yeah, kind of pulling from them. A lot of people got to know them, I guess, three mm-hmm. years ago when they went to the Final Four. Um, how, did you, how did you guys approach that matchup? 
Um, yeah, to be honest, a lot, I, we got that question a lot, like, you know, how we approach every single game, mm-hmm. um, you know, how we done it, you know, how, what are we doing differently? And the answer was the same every time. The cool thing, I think the one thing that contributed to our run is that like after every single win, we never, we didn't really, uh, it was kind of like business in a way. Like we kind of, you know, we celebrated in the locker room for a little bit, but you know, we weren't really, you know, carrying along that celebration for days on end. We were kind of, we were taking everything as business. So honestly, like if you watched us prepare for Loyola Chicago, we prepared for them as we prepare for any other team we played this year. I mean, we like you, if you looked at the way we prepared for, um, the University of Oregon in the regular season and Loyola Chicago in the postseason, there's really, you know, there's really no difference in terms of the serious, you know, I guess it's the seriousness, but just like how we prepared. So we were used to preparing about, you know, like that all year. Yeah, they had, you know, obviously a lot of hype around them just because of who they are and you know, what they've done. But um, like I said, when when you're at this level and you play against teams like that, you, you can't let that get to your head. Um, that's one thing I've learned. You just got to, you know, they're another team and, you know, they put their pants the same, same, honest, same way as you do. He's got to go out there and uh, just compete against them. So that's kind of how I, I look at things like that. And when you're done with the game and everything's all over, it's cool to look back and, you know, see all that stuff and the hype, you know, around them and everything and be like, wow, yeah, we, we did compete against them, but, you know, we beat them. But in the moment, um, I'd say it's just the same as everything else. And then the Houston game, um, what what kind of from your view what kind of what was different about that game what what happened there? Uh, the biggest thing was I mean offensive rebounds and how athletic they were um, sure. they kind of got us got us out of our stuff early defensively they obviously super super athletic and super skilled um, but yeah the biggest thing was offensive rebounds and how athletic they were and we knew that going to the game they're one of the best rebounding teams in the nation uh, you know, one of the leading rebounders in the nation and offense defensive rebounders in the nation and offensive rebounders in the nation I'm, I think it was number four I can't exactly remember his name. Um, we knew that going to the game and you know, we fell short, but uh, it was good to see us, you know, compete and come back in the end. And you always look back on the game like that and like, wow, if we did this, this, and this for, you know, three or four possessions, you know, we gave ourselves a shot. So for how I'd say poorly we played in a way, um, I mean, not poorly, but, you know, we didn't execute everything and didn't really um, execute the game plan as well as we should have. Um, you know, although you always look at the woulda, coulda, shoulda after a game, but, you know, in the end, it was a great run and, I'm glad we battled back, you know, in the second half of that game. Yeah, you mentioned you guys treated this like a, a business trip. Was that easier to do with just being quarantined and not being able to really probably I go, I'd go say, out and have a lot of fun anyway? Yeah, I, I'd say so. Basketball. Yeah, it was easier that way because you know when you're done and, and you know probably in normal years teams would you know celebrate a little bit and you know get to see people and you know hang out with people. But for us, you know, just straight right back to our hotel room so I probably made that a little easier yeah and you mentioned your brother Gabe's that he walked on it he's a freshman walk on it at Oregon and I, I saw that you guys got to play a little bit against each other mm-hmm. um I looked at that yeah you go to the if you go to the Go Ducks uh the Oregon basketball website um and click on his uh bio there's actually a photo of you guarding him mm-hmm. um well yeah what was it like playing against him yeah that was super cool just you know both of us be, you know us being from Oregon um, you know, growing up watching that game and then getting to compete against each other in that game. That was, you know, that's a moment I remember for the rest of my life. So, and it was super cool that we got to play him three times this year and uh, I'll have bragging rights for the rest of my life saying he only beat me once in college. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Where does that athleticism come from? Um, 
I'd say probably my mom's side. Sure, I'm not trying to sell my dad short. So yeah, we we probably get more of the athleticism and I guess uh, you know physical aspects from my mom. Athletic ability, I should say, not physical aspects. And strength and uh, mental aspects from my dad. So it's a pretty good combo. And you have a younger brother who's a pretty good football player. Is that what's going on with him? Yeah, yeah, he's a junior at Lake Ridge. Yeah, he's, okay. he's a very very good football player. He doesn't play basketball. No, he did when he was younger, but uh, you know he's a more of a contact sport kid, being the youngest brother, getting beat up all the time. He's used <laughs> to all that contact, so yeah, he's more of a contact sport type of kid. You and Gabe can take credit for that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not the basketball part, but just making him tough. Yeah, making him tough, exactly. And then, yeah, what's next for you? Um, I haven't decided yet. I have a lot of options on the table, um, with or without basketball, which is okay. you know, the aspect. Um, Obviously, I've set myself up for basketball, and I have a lot of options that um, I can do for that. I haven't obviously decided anything. It's only been, you know, a week and a day since I've been sure. back. So I just told my family, we're just going to give myself, you know, a week or two off, just depending on how I feel, and just kind of let all the emotions and everything settle down. Um, and then just, uh, you know, kind of go from there and evaluate my options and see what I want to do. Um, obviously, because it's a corona year. Originally, you know, my original plan, I wouldn't be thinking about even – you know, fifth year at Oregon State or anywhere else if, you know, Corona wasn't a thing. So, but now that, you know, that is a thing, you know, I have to give that option a look. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not – I'm not closing any doors. So – Okay. You know, I, I haven't uh, – So I even another year at Oregon State's a possibility? It's a possibility, yeah, I'd say. Um, I, I, I have – I can't – I have no idea, you know. Sure. Uh, I'm just leaving that door – I'm leaving that door open. So um, I haven't decided on anything yet. You know, I've thought about it a little bit. But I think the answer will you know, present itself as I give myself a little more rest and decide what I want to do. So, you know, I may be playing basketball next year. I may not be. I'm not sure. Um, you know, one thing, you know, I you know, good parents growing up, and I set, myself, I set myself up with a lot of opportunity off the court as well just because of school, and I'm going to be done with my MBA here in the next six months or so. Um, oh, wow. It's nice. So, yeah. So I, I graduate in three years. I have my get my MBA in four you know, off the court, I've set myself up you know, for life as, after basketball a lot too. Um, and that's also another thing, um, just another, you know, door I'm looking at right now. So don't have any answers for anyone yet, but uh, I'm sure everyone will find out whenever I make that decision. So, yeah. Does that make it harder to come back and play a fifth year of basketball? Oh, a little bit. Um, just because when you see other doors opening for yourself and you see the possible paths you could take, um, I, I would say just a little bit, you, you know, it's, not playing basketball is something I've never thought of in my life. Sure. Uh, and so now that I have other doors opening and different paths I could take, it's obviously things I'm, I'm giving consideration. It's like, wow, I could do this or I could do this. And so it's, it's a, it's a good problem to have in a way, you know, I'd be you know, worried if I didn't have any options, you know, and I was stuck to one thing, but you know, I've worked hard to be able to give myself options. So, and it's a, it's a good stressful, you know, problem to have. So I'm not, I'm not complaining in any way. I'm, blessed to be in the position I'm in. Um, so I, I just don't know which route I'm going to take yet. Yeah. Cause the fifth year deal came out, just kind of out of nowhere where you yeah, were, it came out of nowhere. I didn't, your I didn't, program and yeah. Yeah. I think I, I didn't, you know, like I went into this, it, that kind of came like in the middle of the season or like right before the season or something like, I think it was, yeah, right before the season. And so that was something that was just, yeah. Like it shocked me. I was surprised they even, yeah. Even gave that, you know, to us and, I think they, you know, they give to player, you know, players just in case Corona did shut down, you know, the whole season. But we ended up 
playing all our games. We ended up having a full season, which was awesome. We ended up playing all of our games. So even though Corona did happen, we didn't have any games canceled. Maybe, you know, one or, you know, a couple games short in non-conference, but we made that up in the postseason. So we had definitely had a full season this year. With the season you guys just had, does it make it easier to come back or harder to come back? Or I've thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's both. It's mixed emotions. You're like, man, I want to do that again. But at the same time, you're like, man, what a way to go. You know, being a senior, you're like, man, what a way to go out. So I, I think uh, there's positive, positives and negatives to both. So I haven't, I haven't honestly thought of that too much, but totally get what you're saying. Where it can, yeah. <laughs> Both sides, I would say. And go on the pro and the con list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, cool. I appreciate your time, Zach. It's nice talking to no you. Problem. No problem. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And that was Zach Reichel. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, tell your friends, rate, leave a comment. And if you're interested in my travels, you can follow me on Instagram at the Derek W. Wiley. Have a good week and talk to you again soon.